Hey, it's Scott McIntyre. And Christina here. And this is Enduring Hope, the podcast where we encourage you to trust God in every circumstance. When we lived in Franklin, Tennessee, I really loved walking to our local Publix grocery store. I miss Publix so much. (laughs) Yeah, and especially when Christian was first born, I tried to go a couple times a week. And although I really liked picking out fresh fruits and vegetables, I wasn't always super confident that I was picking out the best ones. But I did my best to hold a few and compare them to see which ones were ripe. I always thought you did a good job. Oh, thank you. You know, life is full of comparisons, but things aren't always as simple as deciding on which apple to buy. Mm, I see what you mean. Just deciding what to wear each day can be intimidating. (laughs) And we're always trying to figure out what is the best option and how can I honor God in this situation? How can I best love this person God has put in my life? But there are some situations in which no matter what we choose, it's really a win-win. That's how Paul saw his life when he wrote a letter to the church in Philippi. This idea is expressed right in the middle of Philippians chapter 1, verses 20 through 24. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed and that with full courage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Here comes the win-win part. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. What an amazing perspective to have. If he dies, it means moving to eternal life with Christ. If he lives on, it means more time for ministry, more time to tell others the way of salvation. The same is true for any of us who call ourselves believers. Paul shares later that he is in prison when he's writing this letter, and he uses the phrase in chains three times in the chapter. Yet his imprisonment doesn't snuff out his zeal for spreading the gospel and encouraging the church. It really makes me think, do we have that same attitude or do we let discouragement seep into our lives, dampening our spirits and neutralizing our witness? I've been through two kidney transplants in my life now, and it would be easy to label the times when my body was dying as bad and the times when my body was restored through a kidney transplant as good. But many times it's the hard things God wants to use to bring about real lasting change in our lives and the lives of others. I remember when you were put back on the waiting list for a second kidney transplant, it really was hard in many ways, but it was also a beautiful time in our marriage when everything that didn't matter fell away. And life was really distilled down to what mattered most, our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. And looking back, we were able to say that that time of uncertainty was one of the best years of our lives. People pay attention to how someone walks through adversity. And I remember many of our friends being encouraged by how we were trusting God to sustain us in that trial. In John 9, we read the story of a man born blind. The disciples asked Jesus, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And the response Jesus gives is inspiring. It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Imagine applying this principle to the challenges you face in life. 
that's basically what Paul did in prison. He believed that somehow in those circumstances that the works of God would be displayed in him. It's almost like the disciples were looking for someone to blame. You know, is it this guy's fault or his parents' fault? But Jesus is saying it doesn't work like that. Look at what God can do in the midst of this suffering. What would it be like to face all our challenges and look for what God can do? I know it's hard. Maybe you're facing challenges in your marriage or in raising children. Maybe you've had health concerns or financial trouble, but what would it mean for you to find godly contentment, peace of mind, right in the midst of everything going on? Paul didn't have it easy, yet he was able to write what we know as Philippians 4, verses 12 and 13. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So, Lord, I ask that you would comfort those who are listening right now, that you would give them a supernatural contentment to abide in you, even in the midst of difficult circumstances, knowing that you love them and that you can use them to build your kingdom. We trust you. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you haven't already, please follow and subscribe so we can continue to encourage you each week. 